1: Glad to have you back on the Retirement Pathfinder. I'm Ben George, alongside Phil Gusky and Barbara Lane. They are Retirement Income Planning Specialists. You'll find them over at Pathfinder Wealth Management and online at pathfinderwealth.com. Barbara and Phil, welcome in. How you doing?
2: Oh, we're doing oh, great. Yeah,
0: fantastic.
2: How's things going at your end, Ben?
1: Oh, things are wonderful. Went on a trip recently, so that was nice. Got out of town. The, uh, the, the little baby uh, behaved in the car, so... It wasn't too stressful of a ride, which is always a a good, pleasant surprise.
2: Yeah, that's always an unknown, isn't it?
1: It is a huge unknown factor that you (laughs) just don't know what to expect. You just cross your fingers. But
2: how's everything going (laughs) with y'all? It's good.
0: Yeah, we're doing well. In fact, it's kind of interesting you mentioned about little kids. We've just, uh, we've had our our three grandkids here for three days. And uh, I guess I've kind of, I'm not really used to little kids running around the <laughs> house <laughs> anywhere from six down to two. Mm. So that's been a, that's been a joy, but a challenge at the same time.
2: It's fun. It's yeah. like my two year old granddaughter. She, uh, I think she, she becomes more of a little adult every day.
0: Mm-hmm. You no,
2: know, yeah, that's you know, kind awesome. kind of scary. Yeah.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is <laughs> definitely yeah. a challenge.
2: All right. Hey, Ben, I have a question for you.
1: Okay. What do you got?
2: Why couldn't the advisor get people to buy bonds?
1: Uh, I don't know. Why is that?
2: Not enough interest. <laughs> uh, yuck, 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 yuck. Ah,
1: yes, that is that, That's definitely a very topical <laughs> joke, Barbara, for sure.
2: <laughs> okay, I, you know, Phil, what I just I have something for you because I know that you're going to know the answer for this. Okay. <laughs> What's another name for a long-term investment?
0: A long-term in, uh, a failed short-term investment.
2: Hey, did you cheat? No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> he gave it away. I'm not okay, a good liar. Okay, I'm Those a. Are I'm good. a I'm done for jokes then.
1: <laughs> well played, well played.
2: <laughs> but I do want to mention a couple things too, Ben, to our listeners that um, if you're getting ready to retire or if you have already retired, Phil and I will be teaching a class this Monday and coming Monday and Wednesday, July 26th and 28th at the NIU campus here on State Street in Rockford at 11 a.m. It's a one hour class and it's called Taxes in Retirement. This is very, very important information. Considering that most mm. people do assume taxes are going to be going up in the future, so good, good, good uh, class for you to attend.
1: And you'll have information online at PathfinderWealth I'm assuming too for them.
2: Yep. They need yes, it. and they can uh, get, yep, and they can give us a call.
1: Yeah, eight one five. is that, but yeah, uh, a good heads up on that class coming up. And I know you, you do them throughout the year. So if you do miss uh, out on this, this next one, be be sure to reach out and uh, find out what else is coming up because Barbara and Phil are always uh, doing their best to educate uh, in the community. So thanks for that update, Barbara. Sure. Uh, Today's conversation is about decumulation four things you must know about decumulation in order to retire successfully. Um, And the reason for this conversation is, you know, We have so much focus, not only just in the financial world in general, but just, you know, anytime you're talking about money, it's all about accumulating money, right? There's so much advice out there. There's many, there's many how-to guides, plenty of guardrails in place to make sure you save and invest appropriately. But when it comes time to actually decumulate in that period in, in retirement, when you're trying to navigate your assets, there's not as much information out there. So we want to talk about this decumulation period and how to spend down, how to manage those assets you've accumulated throughout your life. So we got four things that I think you could be important for you to focus on, and we'll ask Barbara and Phil to kind of explain them for us. And I want to start off with um, that lack of support, you know, because when you talk about working with an advisor, you know, some advisors, they're just set up to help to get you to retirement. But once you get there, they're not always there to help you out. I know you two are different than that, but there's a mm. true lack of support out there.
0: Yeah, I would. first of all, I'd like to push back a little bit on the, on the notion that there's uh, plenty of help in the uh, pre-retirement area. Okay. Um, yeah, a little bit here, because um, I was listening to a, um, a financial webinar yesterday given by a fellow named Skip Schweiss, who's the current president of the Financial Planning Association of America. And he was interviewed and he was asked the question, you know, if a young person were entering the advisory business today, which area would you recommend he focus on? And what was his response? Well, he said this. He said, there still is a lot of uh, need in the, in the accumulation stage group, especially the 401k market. And he said, there's over 500,000, get this, 500,000 401k plans out there or pension plans in the United States that are not being actively advised at this time. And huh. so the accumulation, those people in the younger age groups, Ben, that are still in the workforce- Are terribly underserved, okay? Mm -hmm. And it's the most underserved uh, area. It's even more underserved than the post retirees. Now, and and I would go along with what Skip is saying there. And so the Department of Labor, for example, felt that um, the reason why this is underserved, quite frankly, is because the government stepped in and kind of quashed any advice that could be given to these uh, folks in the workforce. And and this is what they did they said that. Mm Uh, after they examined the records of, of what was being charged to 401 participants by independent advisors, they felt that the individuals were being charged exorbitant, excessive, and unnecessary fees. And it had virtually priced those um, advisors out of the market. So, so here is another example of the government coming in to, with a sledgehammer to solve a problem that could have been done reasonably and in, in, in a cooperative approach. Mm-hmm. So in the end, it's not the advisor that's punished. It's, it's really the, uh, the rank and file worker who really needs the financial education. And so I just want to make a comment about that because the uh, really the the people in the accumulation stage really are not being served properly. Now, most of the people Barb and I have contact with have had little or no experience with what we call uh, a holistic or a comprehensive advisor. That's the person that basically handles many different areas. And of course there are exceptions, uh, but quite frankly, most of the, of the people we talk to have been exposed to a a one and done kind of approach. They've gone to a dinner seminar, where they've been, uh, you know, uh, given a, a sales presentation on on annuities. And okay. so they basically are not educated. Uh, they're really just sold a product. And that's not to say that annuities are not legitimate, you know, as a financial product. They they are, but but they're not for everyone. So our experience has convinced us that uh, in the post retirement has to be comprehensive. It's got to be holistic. It's got to be a priority. The planning that we do here at Pathfinder includes budget planning, investment and portfolio selection, uh, a comprehensive study done uh, through the University of of Chicago on the probability of consistent income, tax planning, uh, especially reduction strategies using uh, legitimate tax planning strategies, and estate planning. And we can make sure that that the, that the client is, has a comprehensive and complete plan in each of those areas.
2: Yeah. You know, um, speaking of uh, the class, we're going to be teaching on tax savings and retirement. Now, Phil, what do most people that come to see us say about their financial advisor and taxes? They well, don't do it.
0: No, no, they don't. <laughs> no, it's,
2: yeah, you're right. They don't do it. It's, they it's go, they, my, my advisor doesn't get involved in that. So, but like you said, I, you know, it's uh, the holistic planner is going to, is going to assist in all of those areas. So it depends on the financial advisor you chose. If it's a product sales and they sold you an annuity, for example, like you mentioned, Phil, and and they've already gotten paid and there's no incentive to do any more work. If it's an investment advisor only, they charge a fee for money management, but there is no other advice. Mm -hmm. Since all areas are important, once you reach retirement, you'd be better off working with a holistic financial advisor who can advise in all the areas that you had just mentioned, Phil. Correct.
1: Yeah, very important. All right. Uh, second thing on our list about decumulation is, you know, that fear of spending is a real feeling for for many, many people. You know, if you're scared to, to spend money in retirement, just know that you're not alone in that feeling. Um, you know, you've had a lot of experience as a as a saver, but a lot of people don't have that same experience when it comes to actually living with that money. And if you have that feeling, you know, it, it's probably important to recognize that as a sign that you need to to work on your plan a little bit, right?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is very real. That's true, Ben. Uh, you're, you know, I will say your fears will subside when you have an income slash spending plan. How much can you take out of retirement accounts so as to not deplete the retirement savings, but still live comfortably? Well, in a recent study that was entitled Spending in Retirement, Determining the Consumption Gap, this is by Browning, Chang, and Finke in, the, uh, in a recent uh, Journal of Financial Planning article, says that conventional wisdom means you retire, you can't take it with you, so spend it. And that's not happening. So research shows that retirees are failing to even spend their annual income. In fact, not only are retirees not fully spending their available income, their spending begins to decline. If we look at a period from 2000 through 2008, very mediocre returns in the stock market, you'd think portfolios would have dipped with ongoing withdrawals, but the average assets of retirees still continue to increase in retirement. Now, concerning the 4% withdrawal rule, I'm always interested in hearing about that 4% because, you know, there's pushback in, in the financial mm-hmm. industry says mm-hmm. 2%. And so, you know, I'm wondering, I always am concerned about anything, any new research. Well, the research shows that it's exceptionally rare that the retiree finishes with less than they started with at the end of the 30-year time horizon with a 4% withdrawal rate. Overall, the retiree finishes with more than double their starting mm-hmm. wealth in a whopping two-thirds of the scenarios. And get this, and is more likely to quintuple their starting wealth than to finish with less than their starting principal. So the bottom line from the perspective of whether retirees will spend down their assets in retirement, a normal spending pattern suggests that it typically wouldn't happen until their 80s, probably about mid-80s. And the following 4% rule, if you want to you know, consider that a, uh, a defensive rule, further implies that the likelihood of never spending down the portfolio after all. So even a rule that ratchets up spending in later years Still has a high likelihood of leaving significant dollars at the end. But here's the key to all that (laughs) it's still crucial to not overspend early on in retirement because we have inflation, we have taxes, got healthcare concerns. So the moral of the story is have an income withdrawal plan. And in the first 15 years of retirement, if you've underfunded and you're not spending the growth, that's okay. It's better than overspending and depleting it. Yeah. I was going to say, Phil, because because the unknown, no matter what that research says, the unknown is we don't know how long people will live.
0: Well, that's that's. Yeah. And and we're going to address that that in the next concern here. So, Ben, uh, drive on with number three.
1: Yeah. And that's about risk, because I think a lot of times you you just assume, okay, I've made it to retirement. My risks are going to subside a little bit. I don't have as much to worry about. But that's actually not true. Right. The risks actually maybe even increase once you get into retirement.
0: Yes, 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 yes. It it used to be kind of a joke years ago, an inside joke in the financial planning community, Ben, that, uh, you know, once you hit age 65, you know, your client gets the gold watch, uh, retires and dies. Okay. So, I mean, you know, life expectancy uh, back uh, according to the Bureau for National Vital Statistics said that if a person was born in 1930, the average lifespan for a male was 58 years and for a female 62 years. That's incredible. That's a short lifespan really by by all standards today. And um, the, uh, the interesting thing about it was that uh, the life expectancy was greater. And that was the reason why social security and the social security trust fund remained solvent in the earlier years and was able to pay out. Now, of course, Congress saw all this money accumulating there, right? So they just couldn't keep their grubby little hands off of it and, <laughs> and raided the, uh, the fund it's called the lock box. I don't know why they call it the lock box, but ever since. So there's IOUs sitting in the lockbox for um, future benefits of um, those claiming Social Security. But hey, get this now—you know—in the 1950s, uh, everything kind of changed, and the concept was this. Now, Ben, you probably have heard this before, and the the title, the uh, the slogan goes like this: "Better things for better, better living through chemistry." Better things for better living through chemistry. You've heard that before, haven't you, Ben? I don't know if I've heard that one. Oh, uh, no. You're no, not you alone, haven't. Ben. I have that. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, was a, it was a saying put out by DuPont. But, ah, you know, I was going to guess
1: DuPont. Of, okay. Yeah.
0: yeah. It was the age of chemistry where everything became uh, better and more efficient. You know, plastics, plastics. came into, into being. <laughs> and, um, you know, but, but along with all the, the chemistry that came along with it, that coupled with modern med- medical science uh, has given us now that baby boomer will now live beyond age 80. So I would say that, you know, the biggest risk for people entering retirement is- living too long or outliving their money. Now, Barbara just talked about how they're going to have an excess amount of money in their accounts. You know, we just, and this is kind of a contradiction of what, what that particular uh, uh, view was, but, but think about this. Uh, The fear about running out of money is in fact, based on real evidence. And here's the evidence. The um, Fidelity company did a retirement health care cost study, and they found out that the average couple age 65 retiring in 2021 may need approximately $300,000 saved to cover healthcare expenses and retirement. Wow. Now that's something new and that's something novel because, you know, quite frankly, we didn't have the kind of like life expectancies in the past that we have today. Of course, you know, just growing older doesn't by itself necessitate that you're going to spend that much money on healthcare costs, but the major risks associated here are by unhealthy lifestyles. And that's the leading cost for all these costly medical procedures, not being covered by Medicare and Medicare supplement. So folks aren't worried so much about the collapsing stock market, inflation, taxes, or or even a lagging economy. They are a little bit, but they're much more concerned about health-related issues. And here's the number one healthcare issue bar on the table right now. It's the number one concern is type 2 diabetes.
2: I believe that. Yeah,
0: type 2 diabetes. According to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, the number of adults with diabetes has more than tripled in the last 20 years. Huge, huge increase in diabetes. Other complications that come along with this would be uh, heart disease, cancer, dementia, Arthritis. Uh, I, you know, about half the clients that come in here have joint replacements. Wouldn't you say? I mean, it's incredible. Oh, very true. Yeah, you have, right? I mean, it's 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 helped, (laughs) but I mean, you know Mm -hmm. that that hey, thank the Lord that we have those kind of procedures in place. But it's going to cost something as time goes on. So, as my mother always says, growing old ain't for sissies you know, and, hmm. and she, she ought I to know that one. Yeah. Yeah. She, she ought to know she's uh, at, she's age 97 right now. Oh, wow. So I, I guess the 71 trillion that rests in the hands of the baby boomer state may not in fact be transferred to the next generation. So next generation, you know, don't be too expected because with these health care costs going through the ceiling, it might all be consumed with, uh, with those particular uh, maladies that, that we have to repair.
2: Yeah. I think that's why we talk about for early years of retirement, it's crucial for your investment portfolio to grow. You, have, it, to be, you have, have to through, you know, at least the first 15 to 17 years before those required distributions get to be pretty steep. But I think that um, all investment portfolios need to be changed at retirement. Some, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when you're from your 401k plan, um, acceptance of some risk is necessary just if nothing else to stay ahead of inflation. Um, but there's risk in everything. You know, even CDs. So CDs, you know, they're if you think they're safe, well, then you're safely losing money because they've got inflation and interest rate risk.
0: Yeah. Oh, by the so, way, Barb, you know, I I forgot to add something to this. You know, that three hundred thousand dollar figure that Fidelity quoted that does not include long term health care costs. Yeah, that keeps increasing. Expense. I think that's about oh. a six
2: percent increase per year in health insurance costs. Yeah,
0: Fifty thousand easy, hmm. higher yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. you don't know can hurt you. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, a lot of stuff to process and it kind of takes us to our last point, which kind of ties into, you know, what we've talked about already today on taxes and, and why you're putting together the classes that you put together and why you're trying to help educate people is, you know, this is a time, this the accumulation stage where focusing on your tax consequences, you know, is probably as important as ever.
2: Yes, mm. very much so. And it's also an unknown, Ben. So, you know, the current right. administration is talking about raising taxes. Well, what does that really look like? And, uh, but this is such an important topic that we began teaching a class called Taxes and Retirement several years ago. So if you're retiring with a 401k and it's all tax deferred, this is a ticking tax time bomb. There are ways for you to reduce the taxes on that account now before you reach your required minimum distribution age. For those that have tax deferred accounts like an IRA or a 401k, a 403b, TSB, and etc., and you also have a tax-free account like a Roth, and a taxable investment account, there are specific ways for you to withdraw from these accounts to meet income needs and save on taxes. And also, by the way, increasing portfolio longevity. We talk about filling up lower tax brackets, blending withdrawals from these different types of accounts, Roth IRA conversions. Those are just some of the tools that we use to reduce your taxes. And many financial advisors, as we've mentioned, are missing the boat by not helping their clients with tax savings. It's just not what they choose to do. Now, I will say that we're not CPAs or tax preparers, but we can advise our clients on opportunities to save on taxes. So the the sweet spot for doing any tax planning is between the ages of 59 and a half and 72. In some cases, before age 59 and a half, there's no penalties. There's no rules. You can withdraw as much as you want from these accounts. So the question for our listeners is, are you doing any tax planning now? And if not, why not? Do you think taxes are going up? Then give us a call at 815-399-9806.
0: One of the things, Barb, you and I need to talk about at the upcoming class is what the current administration is really designed to do as far as increasing taxes. Now, this is incredible. The maximum tax rate for capital gains is 20%. Right. They're thinking about putting that, in fact, it's it's before the Congress right now, they're going to put it up to 39.7%, which is your ordinary income tax rate. Now that will destroy. The, Takes away the incentive. The incentive of capital gain. You know, the whole idea of capital gain is you're being rewarded for taking the risk. And at the same time, you know, you have inflation to keep up with. Well, that's that's almost. You know, people don't know this, and they need to know what's going on in Congress right now. The other thing they're talking about doing is talking about doing away with the step-up in basis of death, which means that if you inherit stock when your parents die, or a business, or a farm, or a ranch the step-up in basis basically forgives the increase in the, uh, in the value. And at the time of death, uh, it's zero. There's no taxes due. Well, they want to go ahead. And they want to take that away and tax all the gain that has been accumulated through those years.
2: Original cost basis. Yeah. yeah.
0: There's no way. I mean, you'd have to go out there and borrow money just to get out of the farm. Yeah. It's terrible.
2: Yeah. I have a client I'm seeing today, actually, head of a, Inherited the farm from the, the kids, inherited the farm mm-hmm. from the parents in 1991. They've got uh, just under 100 acres. So there's a, there's a considerable gain there. Oh,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So be aware of this, uh, listeners. You need to really uh, contact your congresspeople and say, look, these are unfair. Uh, these advantages that we've had for decades may end up disappearing.
1: Yeah, and I guess as we wait on uh, the government to change things, Phil, because we know that's not going to always be super efficient, right? Um, the, important, sure. <laughs> the important thing is to work with an advisor. <laughs> Understatement. <laughs> <too>. <laughs> the important thing is to work with an advisor or advisors like Barbara and Phil to to have a plan in place to, to be ready for what could happen and what might happen and what is currently happening. So, uh, again, if you want to be a part of that class that's coming up, Check out pathfinderwealth.com where you can call Barbara and Phil directly to get more information or to sign up, reserve your spot, 815-399-9806. And again, if you miss this one, there'll be more classes coming up. So uh, be sure to uh, check out the website as well. We'll put this podcast up there. If you want to point anybody else to it, uh, share this information with them. That would be great as well. We'd appreciate it if you would subscribe to the show or follow the show wherever you listen the podcast we got a couple episodes every single month and and uh we hope and, and based on all you know, the feedback we've gotten that you know, there's a lot of value here and we're, we're hoping to provide a lot of education along the way to people and it's always great to hear from you when when you do enjoy an episode right
2: yes it is mm-hmm. yes thank you listeners for sending thank in you. questions and comments we appreciate that yeah, that keeps us going
1: absolutely well barbara and phil we appreciate it good luck with the class this week and uh, we'll talk to you again soon
2: great right. have a great guys. day